Hello and welcome to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. Arsenal went into Fulham yesterday with a chance to make it four out of four. They didn't disappoint. And with me to talk about it all, I have Calvin. Happy Sunday. Been, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm all, I'm all good, Steve. How are you? No complaints. Yeah. It's not Mon- It's not Monday yet, so um, I'm, quite, I'm a, quite partial to a Sunday. Yeah, but as much as I love a, you know, a good, relaxed Sunday, um, I get into that, that Sunday evening feeling of Mondays on the horizon. Uh, the dread. The, the, yeah, the dread just starts to kick in, doesn't it, <laughs> as Sunday wears on. But no, I think it's hard not to be in a good mood. Um, as you just mentioned, Arsenal going four out of four. Four out of four. If we stop, if, when were those T-shirts last season with Southampton, like stop the count? Just stop yeah, the stop. season now. Call yeah. it quits. Give us the t- give us the title, and we'll all go and happy. Um, Absolutely. So let's get into yesterday. It was a big opportunity for us to make it four out of four. It proved to be a little bit more difficult than some of us would have expected. I think when you get these sort of newly promoted teams, you never really know what to expect, right? And it wasn't even for all our dominance. It wasn't necessarily the the easiest the easiest of afternoons, was it? No, no, absolutely not. And I think you know. Myself and James alluded to it on the on the pre-match pint podcast there before the game, and it was just like you know when you look at newly promoted sides, you know there's three of them, right? Um, and the the main one to look out for is who won the league, um, because you know you do come into the, the season with a bit of confidence, you know you're, you're still riding a bit of a high, and they scored a lot of fucking goals to say the least, um, and you're a good side if you do that. So I think when you look at that and how they started, uh, they hadn't lost. I, I believe, uh, until yesterday. Um, so it was a case of, it, it was going to be tricky. Um, you know, they've got some, you know, decent setup. They've got some, you know, well, Mitrovic, bit of a handful, right? Um, for our defence yesterday. And, he, and he'll prove to be handful for, for many defences throughout the season. Um, he's already proved it. And he, he did prove it yesterday uh, a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, I was confident going in. But not confident, not arrogantly confident. I think that's probably the best way to put it. To me, it, it sort of felt like we were sleepwalking through the game yesterday. You know, ten mm. minutes went on, and you thought, okay, you know, we've, we've had a few chances, half chances. We, we're dominating the possession. The goal is going to come, and then yeah, ten more minutes came, and then another ten. It's like okay, it's half time now, and you do that's that's when for me you start to think, you know, is it ever going to come? Um, is it our day? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how it sort of came across at home, but you could definitely feel there was definitely an element of tension in the ground um, because I, I did feel like a lot of people did expect just to sort of just turn up yesterday and it would be a you know two three nil cruisy afternoon the uh, the Emirates. But for all our possession and for all our you know chances, we didn't really. I, I don't think we were. Dare I say? I don't think we were that good. I'm sure you'll disagree. Yeah. I mean, look, it's one of those where I think the best way to kind of look at it is we weren't necessarily good in the final third. Um, I thought up until that point, we were really comfortable on the ball. We were struggling to create chances. But just going back to like, you know, how I felt going into the game, until I saw the lineup, I was pretty confident. But obviously, as you know, we had a couple of dropouts uh, through two, you know, two very key players uh, in our starting eleven. You know, Zinchenko's slotted in uh, and he's, you know, really high quality. I think we really missed him yesterday. And obviously, look, Elneny's, we know what Elneny's about. Um, he's not Thomas Party for a start. But um, 
you miss him breaking the lines with his with his passing and, and then he's a much more safety first approach steady steady eddie right i think that's probably the best way to put eddie, him. Eddie. so you know we did play you know really really well i actually thought we played quite well in the first half you know had lots of the ball but it's just when we got to that final third we were struggling to break them down um, and we you know the one speaking of you know that nervy feeling it really kicked in for me i guess when you know saka got put through couldn't quite shift the ball out of his feet and that's you know saka's not playing badly you know he's involved in a lot of our play yesterday obviously you know was part of the goal for for the equalizer but it just looks like he's lacking that little bit of cutting edge uh, in front of goal. Um, that that definitely showed for that chance because I thought he should be burying it, and unfortunately didn't. Um, so that's yeah, my my nerves started kicking in then because that's when I start to think. Ah, Did you start tricky. vacuuming? Did you get the vacuum out? Crossed my mind yesterday, Steve. At yeah, one hundred, it was one of those games yesterday where it was a bit. You know, you're kind of pacing around a little bit. I'm vacuum sure was on standby. Yeah, vacuum, polish, duster, it was all there, ready to go. Um, we're not um, quite in that stage of the season just yet. I hope we don't get there, but I'm, inevitably no. it will, I'm sure. It's interesting that you say that because obviously, you know, we all have different perspectives and thoughts and opinions. Hmm. And I think, you know, when you're in the ground, you, you sort of maybe get caught up in the emotions of what's happening in the crowd. Oh, it just felt very frustrating. And when I say I don't think we were that good, I, I completely agree in the sense of we, we we were completely dominant. We controlled the game, you know, apart from the goal that Fulham scored, it was, you know, complete balls up. Um and and there was a there was an opportunity in the second half where there was, it was a, I think it was Mitrick again with a header where Ramsdale mm-hmm. made a good save. Apart from that, they offered nothing for 90 minutes. It was it was very, very comfortable. So mm-hmm. I agree in that sense, we were very good. But it wasn't that final third. I just felt like we were getting in the positions. And once again, it felt like we were sort of looking for that perfect goal. There was a few opportunities mm-hmm. where we got in the, we got some really good positions and people just, I was just thinking like, put your foot through it, you know? And, and when we Hold did it shoot, it, yeah. it just felt very, like very soft. Like we weren't really testing Leno that much. feels weird to say that, mm-hmm. but like, he, you know, Leno made some good saves, but at the same time they were just, they were low and they were, they weren't particularly that challenging. Um, no, they were comfortable it, goalkeeper saves, yeah. Yeah, and it, it was like, okay, is, is it ever going to, are we ever going to get get this over the line? Um, so, we, so, we get, so we get like 1-0 down. What, what were you thinking at that moment? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you go 1-0 down, you, you know, you spiral, don't you? <laughs> you can't help it because, you know, we've been there, whether it's just the, the arsenal of past that kind of just comes flowing back to you. And look, we, you know, we, we're not that side anymore. Uh, you know, it's a very different team that we have in front of us. But I think that's just your, your fan emotion through 90 minutes. You, you'll go through many of them, right? But yeah, when you go 1-0 down and you saw already at that point that we were struggling in the final third, you know, we weren't creating clear-cut chances. Um, yeah, you start to think, well, this this could be this could be tricky to get back into it. And again, look, you know, we, we had spoke about it previously. The, the team's going to be tested when it goes 1-0 down. And none of us really knew what to expect, other than we only managed to come from a, a you know come back to win from a losing position once all of last season, um, and it was hardly convincing in that particular fashion either uh, against Wolves. But yeah, I, I was I was worried to say the least um, when we went one nil down. It's it's funny though because obviously you know we just spoke before we came on there, and you said you know in the ground, uh, you like me, I get distracted by things that are going on around me, and you, you know you not you don't watch the game as intently as you probably do on TV because there's so much more going on. And 
it was just one of those moments where I was watching it and I saw the ball get lofted over to Gabrielle and you could just envisage the future. Like I saw that happening, especially when Gabrielle took his touch and couldn't quite get his feet sorted. You just knew what was coming. He was going to get the ball nicked off him and then we were going to go one nil down and that's exactly what happened. So it's, it's just one of those moments. I think the, the big positive for me, and I'm sure you probably felt it in the ground in particular was, and it was again, it was the fan reaction to, to this big error. Um, I thought the the cheer that came out of the, the, the stands was, you know, reminiscent to what it was like for Saliba when he scored his own goal. Um, yeah. So that I think that was great, and I think that does play a massive part mentally, not just for for Gabriel but for the entire team as well. Um, so I thought that that was a good moment. But yeah, you feel it, yeah. worse, right? I mean, were you fearing it as well at that point? Do you think it was it wasn't going to be our day? Or... Yeah, I, I was like, I, I, this this is the Arsenal we all know and love. Mm-hmm. I said to Chan at the time, "This is this is a this is a test of our metal now. Mm. Um, this is a, this is an opportunity to for for Arteta and for for the players to 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 sort of show to the fans, okay, you know what? It's fine. Keep our heads. We can turn this around. And, and fair play, you know, we dug in and we mm. did it. And you, you can't take those sort of results for granted because like you said, like, was it what, once last season we, we came from from behind and mm. especially, you know, in the, in the later stages of the game and you could tell the ground was nervous, but that the Fulham goal almost sort of kick-started the atmosphere. To be fair, yeah. like, there was, there was a lot of reference to the atmosphere yesterday. And, and for the first half, it was very quiet in the ground, really. I, I was Sorry, down in bro. the... It started well, but I think realistically, you know, when you're playing the likes of Fulham at home, no disrespect to Fulham, you're never going to get up. You know, you know, it's not it's not like when you go playing the likes of Man United or Tottenham or Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't as loud as it has been. Um, but you know, once we got that, well, once Fulham, you know, went ahead, it sort of lifted the crowd, and it re- it really helped. And um, yeah, once once you know we we got the goal back. Um, you know, with a bit of luck, a little bit of a deflection, it, it was like, yeah, we, you know, we can do this. And, you know, but it, it was interesting that, you know, both goals were proper, you know, very fortunate, you know, on, on, on 99 times out of 100, that goes into the stands or, you know, mm. out, out for a corner or wherever. But for them both to sort of take, you know, the, the, the first goal was uh, in particular, and then the second goal, you know, that's just a complete fumble, <laughs> fumble in the jungle, yeah. isn't it? And it's just a complete luck that it falls down for Gabriel. And I mean, I mean, I think even I could have scored from there, to be honest. Yeah, Maybe. I would like to say I'd like to think you could absolutely, but I think just going back to when they went one nil up, and you know the crowd, and obviously there were a lot of references to the atmosphere, and we, you know, we've spoken about it quite a lot that how much better it is to go and watch Arsenal lately, and how much better the feel is around the ground. You know, the atmosphere before the build up during. You know, it is pretty good. But yeah, I did feel that on TV that it did dip a little bit. But I've said it so many times, like, you know, you go to any big ground and it's fans react to either the, the occasion or the situation. Um, and obviously, when you go 1-0 down, that's when, as a supporter, that's when you need to, to back the team and you need to get behind the team. And I thought that the game actually probably brought into how the crowd were reacting a little bit or, you know, directed the crowd how to react or you know how to voice their you know their support of the team because it, the game went quite frantic after that to be honest with you because it was pretty much one-way traffic for most of it it was us having the ball trying to find the breakthrough um mm-hmm. which we've seen so often at the Emirates over the years um but you know when you go a goal behind that's when 
you know, it shifts, doesn't it? You know, you now know that you need two goals to win a game. And we yeah. all know that, like we just said, that coming from one down to get three points for this particular team hasn't been the easiest task. Um, and it was always going to be a bit of a struggle to do that. Um, and it, it's funny because I remember after the, the Palace game, you know, I expressed minor concerns for Odegaard's performance. Um, but the one thing I definitely remember coming out of that game was, you know, there was a opportunity where he could have shot from about six, seven yards and he didn't, right? And I, I just remember saying, you know, the old cliche saying is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And it's just, you took one, it's taken it, Nick. Yeah, you, you, you know, you need your luck. You know, we all need our luck um, to, to score goals at times and it's taken a nick and it's just, without that, I don't think Leno would have been beaten. But, you know, that's it. One all back in the game. And what was good about it is it didn't take us too long to get back on level terms. That really helps um, the supporters for sure in the stadium because otherwise, if you'd have gone another five, ten minutes, you can guarantee the, you know, there would have been moans and groans. and You lose that momentum almost, don't you? It did feel though... The I thought, listen, F- Fulham won't be able to hold out forever. Like it was, it was pretty much attack after attack after attack. And I think Eddie and Katia, to be fair, really changed it. You know, he stretched them. He did well. Yeah. Um, he did well. I think he probably should have scored. Just smashed that towards the goal. First time. Even, even easier option in my eyes, Steve. It's funny, that's yours. Mine's different. Head it across. I thought, you know, his, his impact was good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how like losing Partey and Zinchenko completely changed the, the complexity of our bench it felt like oh we actually don't have that many options which was maybe a bit of a reality check in, in terms of you know, um, our depth mm-hmm. would, you, would you agree with that? No 100% you take two two absolute quality players out right um, that, that hinders your opportunities that can then come off the bench because you've got to bring two lads in um, into the, uh, the the fold on the bench as well. And it's interesting that, you know, we, we didn't see Smith Rowe yesterday, um, which is, it probably wasn't the game for him, but I think it's kind of interesting. Maybe it's fitness, maybe it's the, the game state that it was currently in, but for Nketiah to be brought on ahead of Smith Rowe, interesting. Don't disagree with it, of course, because obviously Eddie did quite well when he came on and definitely sparked the, the attack, that's for sure. And it allowed Jesus to to run free because he was doing that quite a lot yesterday and there was a number of occasions where I felt not frustrated with him, but, you know, because you, know, you don't want to be too hard on him, but there was times where, you know, he was trying too hard to get involved in the play to make things happen. And then when he was in mm. picking up the ball in good areas, there was nobody in the middle. Um, yeah. So I think that might, that might have encouraged... Arteta's thinking to bring Eddie on in, in and around the box because Jesus was carried, carried on doing that and obviously he didn't he were, you know we weren't effectively playing two up top it was Jesus who dropped back into you know those wider positions for sure and those deeper positions to, to you know link up the play and get it going You know shit's getting real when he brings uh, on a second striker We also know shit's getting real when Rob Holden's brought on to look after a lead <laughs> and that <happened laughs> yeah, literally, yesterday. literally 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 um, Quick mention to Alneni and uh, Kieran Tierney who came mm. in for, for Zinchenko and Partey. Um, listen, I think in terms of Thomas Partey, he's, he's always going to be a miss. He's such a, an important player in the midfield, especially when he's at his best. And mm-hmm. I felt like we missed his presence. It's, it's not necessarily his presence. It's, it's like I kind of alluded to earlier on. It's that he's got the quality to play, you know, to be able to play those risky balls through the lines moving forward. Whereas Alneni, don't think trust his own ability 
you know, it, you know, to be able to do the same things because he'll get the ball turned, play it sideways or backwards eight times out of ten. Um, or if it's very obvious, he'll play it forward. But that, that's the one thing with Partey does really, really well is he'll take a touch and then ping it forward to get us moving quickly because that's when chances and gaps uh, are created. Uh, and that's just the one thing we did like yesterday was that pace uh, of moving the ball from whether it was, you know, back to midfield, midfield to, to attack. It wasn't quite as quick and incise. When you're, when you're basically playing against two banks of five, mm-hmm. there isn't necessarily the space um, to, to, to play that way. So mm-hmm. I guess you've got to sort of take that into account as well. Um, carry on with uh, what you're going to say, uh, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, it's just with Tierney, obviously, you know, myself and James had a discussion before the game that, you know, it's come up twice in two years that someone else has come in into his position and we've questioned, oh, is he going to be able to get back in the side? And this is the, this was really the first time where he's come back into the into the starting eleven. And I know he's probably still finding his feet. I get that. But I do really feel like we miss Sinchenko. I really do. Um, the way he gives us a bit more tactical fluidity, the way he can he just has a bit more technical quality as well, I think. Um Tini's still great, don't get me wrong, but I, I just felt we missed Sinchenko yesterday, which is mad. He's only just joined, yeah. No, we did. It definitely felt like a bit of a downgrade in that area. We weren't as... It didn't feel as fluid mm. on the left-hand side. Absolutely. Um, I feel like Zinchenko's game is very different, though. Zinchenko sort of comes more into the midfield. He's a lot more yeah. adaptable to certain situations where Tierney stays out on that wing. But you know what? It's worked in the past. You know, he's been very good on that left-hand side. and You know, he's created, created a lot, scored some... Well, he's got that lovely golden thing against West, West Brom yes. in the snow once on that side. But mm-hmm. yeah, there, there, I guess there are factors you've got to consider as well. He, he hasn't been playing. Um, he hasn't started game for, for a long time. He looks a bit rusty. You know what? Big fan of Kieran Tierney. Don't get me wrong. Same. Um, so am I, yeah. Very popular amongst the fans. Um, you know, and it would be great to, to, to sort of, you know, for, for him to sort of get a run of games together and, and, and maintain his fitness and get back to that form that we know he's capable of. You know, you don't want them constantly picking up injuries because that's when it becomes a little bit stop-start. Um, and and I, I think that went to show yesterday. It doesn't matter whether you're in, you know, the business end of the season or at the start of the season. Um, once you lose that player who's so key to a certain area, it it really alters the way you play. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think it's one of those, if he does get injured again, I think, one, it would be quite hard to shift in uh, because people would be very aware of that. But yeah, I think... It's, I mean, look, it's great that we've got Zinchenko, right? Again, how many times have we spoken about it? It's great to have these conundrums. We've, we've got options. Um, so if Tini doesn't find his feet, that's fine. Um, we've got plenty of games coming up now. You know, we've got Villa Wednesday uh, and then obviously Europa League's kicking off fairly quickly. So we're going to have plenty of football. We've got Man United in between that as well. So, yeah. You've, Man United weekend. A part of me does wonder whether... You know, he was just purely resting Zinchenko and Partey ahead of you know two big games in the week. You know, playing Wednesday and playing Sunday against Man United. So mm. um, we'll see where we go with that. Um, anything else you want to add on the game? Yeah, a couple of things. I think you alluded to you know Ramsdale's you know made some decent saves again, much like we said about Leno. I would expect them to be made. They were relatively comfortable, not at full stretch, etc. But they were good saves. But more the after that Mitrovic header at 1-1, I think there was a follow-up opportunity where Ben White literally threw himself in front of the shot um, and blocked it incredibly well off his back. 
Um, that was a really, really key moment at one all. You know, if that that nestles in, we're back to shitting our pants again. <laughs> so I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> but um, also another funny moment for me was it was actually in the first half, um, and obviously the pantomime villain of the day for no particular reason is Mitrovic, right? That's just that's his role uh, away from home, I think. Uh, but when Ramsdale went to do a, uh, a quick break, one of those low, you know, sidewinder sort of kicks that he does, and it absolutely smashed him square in the face. Um, and he went down like a sack of shit. That was quite amusing for me. What were the celebrations like last Class. 10 minutes? There's a reel of... of I've seen, uh, I've seen a few things. My phone, like, because I was on the floor because my phone just literally shoots out my pocket, just jumping <laughs> around. <laughs> and uh, no, it was great. It was, it was, it was... It was one of those moments that's like, yeah, it's what it's all about. And uh, yeah. And then and there was a quick VAR check. Mm. And you think, oh, oh God, here we quick. go again. It wasn't that quick. It was longer than it should have been. Because as soon as Mate, I saw yeah. the red one, it was clear as day that there's no, they, they were looking for a handball. Um, I don't think they were looking for anything on Leno because he just got himself into a bit of a, an uncomfortable a, area where he should have been. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. And that's like, it's funny because I think we were talking about it recently, I don't know whether it was on a pre-match or, or a post-match, but nothing against Leno, but I just felt like that was always one of his biggest areas of weaknesses was just aerial ability. Uh, and it came to show yeah, on, on, on Saturday. So pretty happy with that. And I absolutely loved the uh, the player celebrations as well. It did make me wonder seeing Zinchenko like charging down the line. I was like, how Knee injured brace. is he? Knee brace. I think it was precaution. I think they're both pretty precautionary. Um, was was Pi at the great at the game? Not sure. I don't remember seeing didn't, him on the TV. Didn't um, see him. You'd like to think he was there. No, I did see Zinchenko. There's a really great video on Twitter of him having a go at the four official. Yes, I love this. <laughs> uh, it's very it's funny. That, that winning mentality he's brought down with him. And uh, the thing is, though, yeah. it's just like I know it's very easy for players when they sign. Say, oh, I always dreamed of playing for X, Y, and Z, but. This lad, you know, there was photos of him in Arsenal tops um, growing up. Um, doesn't always mean everything, but I think maybe that is something genuine. You know, gen- you know, he has a genuine passion for for Arsenal. Mm. Uh, now, well, he, now not... he can show it. Arsenal are a massive football club. You know, mm. I get that he, him and you know uh, Jesus have come from isn't Man City, but. Mm. Yeah, in terms of you know the, the the current sort of landscape of the game, City are obviously up there. But in terms of sort of history and traditions, you know, Arsenal are a Goliath compared to Man City. You know, in, until the millions um, that, that they that they, they received, they were no, they were nobody. You know, they were just a, a middle of the road, midtail Premier League club, yo yo between the football league and the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Arsenal have you know a, a wealth, you know, a rich history of success. Yeah. Um, so the t- I don't think you can compare the two really. You know, people say, "Oh, he's come from City." Well, yeah, yeah, he has. But you know, the, 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 the way I look at City, they they're very much like the MK Dons of, of the of the Premier League world. Like know, a well-oiled plastic. corporate football club that's just so yeah. efficiently run. It's the Harlem Globetrotters. It's the Harlem Globetrotters of the Premier League, and it's like great, mm. well done. It's there's I don't think there's a great deal of listen. I fired that much money. And I had the likes of, oh, I don't know, Haaland or whatever. I'd probably get a tune out of them, to be fair. Just give them yeah. all to Haaland and let him do his thing. Um, he is a freaking yeah. nature. That, that. He is a freaking nature. One, one, thing, one thing I wanted to uh, touch on is Ben White. I thought he had a good game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he he just he just tends to pick up a lot of criticism, but I thought he looked pretty solid at a right back, and I really liked um, coming forward. He looked he looked good yesterday. Just hit, just his ball, just just you know, on the ball and the way yeah. he moves the ball, very good. Very like he, he you know he gets into dangerous positions and he doesn't he doesn't panic. He's very cool, calm and collected. And mm. yeah, I like I like, I like that from yesterday. I thought, I thought he had a good game. He's been fairly solid right back all season so far but what was yeah you know I'm glad you, you recognised that too because it was particularly noticeable one of the things he used to love doing for us even from centre-back was he'd travel forward with the ball and he, he mm. did that a lot yesterday he drove with the ball which I hadn't seen as much um, so far this season but he definitely was doing that yesterday uh, and whilst we're at you know looking at the defence I thought it's crazy isn't it you know Saliba's now four games in and the bloke just looks like he's played there for Twenty years. It's it's just frightening. Uh, he's very unfazed yesterday. Like it was one of those sort of defensive performances from him where don't recall too much, which is a good thing because if I can't remember what you did as a defender, that means you did nothing wrong. Um, yeah, literally. So it, you know, it was one of those from him yesterday. I was just like, you're just there. You do your job. Very comfortable. So I love I love how much he's embedded into the team. Like mm-hmm. when you sort of look back to Nicholas Pepe. Um, on that documentary where he, he looked very unhappy, very much the outcast of the group, mm-hmm. where Saliba's been around not very long. You know, he's, he's obviously had two loan spells, but you could just see, he already looks like a part of the furniture. 100%. And he just, you can, and you know, you can't fake those sort of reactions. You can't fake passion. You know, we, we always talk about it as Arsenal fans, the connection between the players and the fans, but it's just, you, know, you can't take it for granted. And that, that, that's taken a long time to, to, to get there. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful it's thing. Been, yeah, it's been great. It's been well worth the wait as well. We've had some fairly shit times, haven't we, over the last number of years? And we've had some bang average squads, teams that just don't connect. Um, never really seem to get on board with the Arsenal way. And just what we've got right now is, is, is so refreshing. It's so good to kind of be a part of the club. You know, we spoke about yeah. it. So, you know, I even remember saying, you know, with you last season, I think it was even before before Brentford and that was the first time I'd been at the Emirates for a long time and just, just everything about the whole feeling around the club is just so different um, to what it has been and it's it's fun again isn't it I think that's the main thing as a fan it's fun to go and watch Arsenal again you know I know a lot of us love to take our football a little bit too seriously at times and you know you can consume football however you please right and that's, that's the beauty of sport or, or any interest that you have it's up to you how you want to consume it or how you want to react to it but I think one thing that's just been so great is everyone just seems to be having a good time at the football. That's it. It's what it's all about. It's what exactly. it's all about. Um, anything else you want to add on uh, Fulham or no, would think, you like to move on? I think I'd like to move on, Steve. Yeah. Um, great three points. Happy day. Yeah, really big three points. And listen, if we can make it five out of five on Wednesday, we will be on cloud mm. nine. But still a long way to go. And like I said, Last week and the week before that, we're keeping our feet on the ground. <laughs> we did, we are well and truly on the ground, but, but we're, we're going to fucking enjoy it exactly. Yeah, absolutely, because you know what? That is what football is all about living in the moment and enjoying it. Because if you don't enjoy it, it is indeed. there's literally no point. Um, yeah, let's do uh, one good and one bad for the week, and then we've got some questions good. and a uh, fan failure. So I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Where, where do you want to go, good or bad? Well, mine are kind of intertwined and it's actually you've just provided the lovely kind of segue into that. Um, and it's about having a good time, enjoying and living in the moment because let's be honest, we celebrated yesterday a little bit, didn't we? You know, one nil down, two one up. 
and know where mark. this is going. Minutes, you know where this is going because we've been there before. Um, but obviously, there was a video going around yesterday circulating of a former Sky Sports pundit, Richard Keyes. He's a fat little bastard these days, by the way. He's put on a lot of weight. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but yeah, the celebration police are back. And uh, fuck them, basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, really pissed off. that um, you know, like you just said, if you can't go to football and enjoy certain moments or certain situations, and as a football man, you can't understand that, you're a wanker. So he, he's my one bad for the week. I just think the blokes... A fucking knob um, for coming out and saying that yesterday uh, because yeah, that's why we go to football not just to celebrate goals celebrating a goal at any time of a game is good unless you're 4-0 down but um, you know celebrating a goal and a win when it's coming the manner it has yes we get with four games in yes we understand it's Fulham we, we, you know, we're not stupid but at the same time that is why you pay your money and that is why you go to attend football matches it's to see drama it's the drama Mick I love it he loves it um, <laughs> uh, I love that Gavin Stacey <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it is you know, I, I completely agree and Laura, Laura Woods she that's my one that's my one good today. yeah I mean it's not I'm not going to read it all out but it, my one good is just purely her not for the first time literally just putting him back in his place back, back, I think I actually wrote down back in his pathetic little box um, is what particularly come to mind as you can hear, I'm a little bit salty about it because it just, it really bugged me that Arsenal get treated this way all the time. It's never anybody else um, that gets, that gets the shout Is it an Arsenal like thing though? Because I think we only look at it through our Arsenal goggles. Because I think yeah. if, you, if you actually spoke to football fans, I think they would say the same. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's an Arsenal thing or we think it's an Arsenal thing. But yeah, my, my one bad was that too. I, I just think like, it just needs to stop. Like people... It's all about those moments in the football, like those late, that late drama, those goals, those celebrations, mm-hmm. those moments when you're hugging a complete stranger. That's what mm-hmm. it's about. And I do think there's a real difference between like match going fans and non match going fans. And that's not a criticism. You know, I appreciate not having watch, uh, go to live games for whatever reason, might live abroad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it costs a lot of money. I get it. It's not a criticism. But I do think. You know, a lot of the people who are very fast to criticise aren't the ones who are there and they, and they don't necessarily get it. and they, they take things very much at face value and don't really understand the, the situations. And, you know, it means a lot to people, you know. And, you, and listen, it's it's all about that togetherness and that feel-good factor. And Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's different for me, you know, when you're speaking. It's obviously I'm not a regular match day uh, fan or match goer. But you, but you but get I it. Every, I 100% get it. And I, the only difference for me celebrating that winner yesterday was I jumped out of my seat because it was exciting. And obviously I really wanted this to win. I celebrated. The only difference was I wasn't hugging some random next to me uh, because there was nobody there to hug, right? Um, that's the only difference for me. Um, but I'm sure there are some people that... there are. Let's not also get it twisted that there's... there's People, you know, armchair fans, as we like to call them, that will celebrate goals at home just as much as we do in the stadium, right? But there's other ones who will just clap or just enjoy the, you know, the moment in a different... And again, it's kind of what I said earlier, you know, it's up to you how you consume football and how you want to support a team. Uh, and I don't care how you do it, as long as it's done in the right way. But the the people that don't want to sit there and then judge you for how you do it, just yeah. pop, pop yourself in the bin 
Nature. have a yeah. day off. And, but uh, but also, like, if if it bothers you that much, like maybe football's not for you. You yeah. know, if, if you're that if you're that bothered about other people enjoying themselves. Uh, anyway, let's let we've I think we've I think we've covered it. Um, um so we'll think? move on. We'll park that. Um, what was your one good for the week? No, well, that wasn't what I was just saying about my one good. Yeah, it oh, was, of course, uh, that was yeah, your one yeah. good. Laura Woods. Laura Woods. Sorry. Yeah, yeah my problem. Um, so my one good, um, it's actually another train story yesterday. It was all happening yesterday. So we were on the train and we were chatting to these randomers about they've been to this festival and we're talking about Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I, cannot, I can't tell you how we got onto the conversation, but we were saying, like, obviously people say up the arse. To us, we understand, but to other people... They might not get it. Anyway, and we got into the conversation of those, I'm sure you'll have seen it, those famous pictures, screenshots. That lad and these Yeah, and I posted it and I was literally in tears. Like, I, I, yeah, I saw it years ago, but to think yeah. about it, I was cracking up and I was reading it. It goes, so if you haven't seen it, just search taking the mother up the Arsenal and you'll find it. And it, it's, it's two of them. And it, it, what I love about it, it says taking the mother up the arse. <laughs> Great result. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other one, and there's a second one. It's another guy, and he's put taking them over up the arse. Hashtag love my mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's incredibly childish, but still, yeah, very funny. It is. Uh, It's just very funny. Just very funny. Um, Simple. Simple. He's that. Yeah, it, like was, it was quite funny because as we were talking about it, like the whole like ironically that, that we just been at the station and the whole carriage sort of emptied we were like oh dear that's what you get about taking <laughs> talking about taking you taking out of the arse yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ anyway anyway let's move uh, on anyway let's up. move on yeah taking it <laughs> we're going down a dark <laughs> hole <laughs> that's not just a dark hole mate that's a sick twisted dark hole uh, uh, so yeah Best left, best left, move on. Moving on. So today's fan failure, uh, we have a message from Thomas underscore GR27. This is is a a good one, actually. Hello, Thomas. I like, hello, Thomas. Uh, Thank you for your um, entry. And I can can really relate to this as well. So fan failure, I was nine when we reached the FA Cup final in 2014. I was fortunate to, to go... And I've been reminded several times not to waste the opportunity. Uh, when the day came, I was on my way to Wembley with my dad, who always used to take me to games. He constantly reminded me to take, make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, we got to the stadium, but because of the random allocation tickets, he and I were seated at the opposite ends of the ground uh, in a hurry. Uh, we skipped going to the toilet before the game. Always a rookie mistake. Always got empty oh. butter. This could go uh, in all- two ways. Yeah. Luckily, they found some of the sort of seats. So they sat down to watch the game. 15 minutes in, we're 2-0 down. Thomas is a bit upset, as you would be. But also bursting, he's bursting for a slash. So uh, (laughs) predictably, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. While he's This still sounds like you at the football, by the way. This lad's nice. Yeah, this is... This is... Yeah, I said I can relate. I said I wasn't lying, so... Predictably, while he's in the urinals, he is a massive roar. Uh, expecting to find out it's 3-0 is actually Santi's 30-yard screamer. Uh, however, he was optimistic at this point, eager to watch the next 50 minutes. But with 20 minutes to go before full-time, once again, Thomas needed the loo. And would you believe it? Would you believe it? He rushed off to the loo again, just as we were in a corner. Surprise, surprise, another cheer went up, and he missed the second goal. 
Oh my god. Did he see the winner? That's the question. He, he, he did. He did. Uh, I got back to my seat and the crowd of at least 30 people shouting for me to go back to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd miss Cristiano's equaliser. Fortunately, there is a happy ending as I refused to eat or drink anything for the next 40 minutes of play. And he did not miss, he didn't miss Aaron Ramsey's winner. Um, well, that is a great story. That's a good story. Sounds like it could have been you, to be honest, you writing into yourself, uh, to be honest. But I can't help but think, I wonder if that still scars Thomas going to games in this day and age. I mean, I've got so many questions. Like, how much did you drink before the game? I mean, I, mean, I know he probably it was had a warm a, day. He, probably, he, he was only, I think he was only nine. So yeah, he, he probably, had a few pops. He'd have one too many apple juices on that day. Yeah. Uh, what do they drink? What do they drink at that age? Like panda pops, panda, panda pops. No one drinks panda pops anymore. No, I mean, you, only, you can only buy you can only buy panda pops from like you know like really like back end fish and chip shops. It's like panda panda pop cola, panda pops and wambas. Absolute dream Wambas, yeah. Um, but that, but yeah, that is a great story. Thank you for submitting that. I, I can only assume that Thomas went for two, went for the toilet twice yesterday. Yeah, and missed both goals. <laughs> yeah, and as a result, we won the game. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever missed it. I oh, know I have. I have missed a, a, a goal at a game. Not often though. I usually hold it as best as I possibly can and put myself through the pain of holding it. Uh, but I do remember Norwich away years and years ago in the early to mid nineties, where again I was probably a bit younger than Thomas was at that age. Uh, I had to go and do the same. It was do pretty cold. Yeah. I would say that I could agree, but I'd be lying. I, th- I think it would be easy for me, for me to list off the goals I have seen as opposed to the well, ones I haven't seen. We, we spoke about this not long. I think last season at some point, you missed a, a number of goals that you gained, didn't you? Once upon a time. I've missed a lot. I remember we went to Molyneux once and Shamat scored twice and I missed both goals. Um, <laughs> and I, and that, that cup final, was, and I missed it because all the kick because I was outside having a cigarette. Because we're two or down, and I was like, "This is just miserable." I was getting yeah. flashbacks to Birmingham City, and I think I missed the equaliser as well. So yeah, you and Thomas well. were on a par then. Who would have thought that all these years later we'd be talking about a similar situation? You both missed those two goals. Lit- literally together. Literally, go. I mean, I saw the winner. I was in. I was watching it. You know, I was in uh, the Rocket on the Holloway Road. Yeah, so that's all right to watch it. Um, good memories. Anyway. Thank you for your thank you for your story. Yeah, keep them coming. Good one. Just um, yeah. yeah, we'll be doing them every week. So if you've got anything, just just message me or Calvin. And we'll read them out. Time. We don't care how long ago it was. The funnier, yeah. the more cringe, the better. Even if yeah. you want to be held anon- anonymous, that's fine too. If it's that embarrassing, um, yeah. we can do that also. Cool. Um, so to finish up, we have got some questions. Not as many as last week, unfortunately, but we've got some good, we've got some good ones. Um, so let's dive in. Um, so I'm going to I will apologise in advance if I butcher all the the, the handles uh, MC Groaty Groaty 93 I've completely butchered that uh, a favourite kit this season oh favourite kit this season tricky one um, naturally like them all but I think again if you have to pick one and I didn't think it would be this one it's the pink kit yeah, I would agree. I'd go with Love that. It's really one. nice, isn't it? Yeah, just nice. Really yeah. nice. I really want to get it in the player 
spec. Um, but without a name or number, I've really gone off that. Oh, really? I never yeah, I just, you know what? I don't, I don't think they're comfortable wearing them with a, with a printing on the back. I don't think it's comfortable to wear at all. But you're wearing never 90, you'll have a 95 Dramberg goalkeeper kit in 30 degree heat. That's comfortable, is it? Oh, fashion is pain, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> fashion is pain. I posted that the other day and someone commented going like, that is the most uncomfortable shirt. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I go with the pink, closely followed by the black, and in third place we'll go with the home. Yeah, um, that's my only issue with the home. My only issue with the home shirt is just it's it's a carbon copy of Man United's, which I don't really like. Um, well, copy this. Let's just have it. That well, way. I just it's think bearing in mind, I just think bearing in mind, like you know how big Arsenal and Man United are. Like I get it lower down where football teams just have the same um, uh, design, and it's just different color, very different kind of color. Combinations, but at this level, I think, come on, it's a no, bit it's like even it's funny. There's just a template, isn't it? So, I remember one of your favorite away shirts. I think you've got Gilberto on the back. Obviously, Leeds United had the exact same template in yellow yeah, yeah, season. those Nike shirts, yeah, yeah, they all had it, and the, yeah, yeah, they had the same goldie shirts. Man United had the when we had the that that, that, that uh invincible shirt with the kind mm-hmm. of the white line around the back, yeah. they had the same sort of stuff film, but yeah, and I get it, I get it. it um, yeah. next question. Arsenal baller 21. Who is the best Arsenal player? So we'll go with this season. This season. Okay. Mm. Or just you the current squad. Yeah, you can answer first on that. I'm intrigued. Uh, you know, I, I I was reading this earlier and I, and I sort of feel like, I don't know, like, who was the best? I don't know. Because you, I mean, you can't this, compare Ramsdale yeah. to, you know, William Saliba or Gary Jesus. Um you know what? I'm, I'm going to change the question because I can. I'm going to go, who's my favourite player? Actually, you know, we had that last oh, week, didn't we? Did we? We did. I'm, uh, uh, I like Martinelli. His favourite? Martinelli, Martin okay. my favourite player. Okay. And I'm going to go just for his technical ability as a footballer, Martin Odegaard. Martin good choice. Solid. Like him. Yeah. Um, the Arsenal way. If Jesus wins as our first Emirates Premier League title, whatever year in brackets, is he statue worthy? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure. I think there's a, there's, a, there's many a player mm-hmm. who um, merits a statue before <laughs> any 100%. of the current proper players. Um, mm-hmm. And also, like we don't want the, the the Emirates to sort of look like like a life size chess um, set. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um... You can do it instead would of be statues, nice. do, do different. You could do plaques or something like that around the stadium that are a little yeah. bit more subtle. Uh, because I do think statues are particularly special. They need to be... Yeah. I've only got four, right? Wenger, like Wenger, for me, should have a statue. That's surely um, going to happen. And we've got, what, Tony Adams, Henri, Burkamp, and, um, and um, what's his name? Herbert Chapman. Yeah, the four. Around. I mean, I mean um, there's plenty of there's plenty of space. Like you, you there's an abundance of space. And mm. you know, I, I'd love an I'd love an Arsene Wenger one with you know, when he's got his arms in the air at Tottenham, that one. Yeah, for me though, one, one thing I'd love to see at the Emirates is have one of the, the side stands named after him. That's what I would yeah. love to see. Um, yeah. You know, what, that, yeah, absolutely. That was his vision. You know, he put in a lot of time. Um before and a lot of pain afterwards, right? Um, to to yeah. keep us 
to keep us down. I think that would be a really fitting tribute. No, I think so. And to be fair, like the way it's going with Arsenalization, you know, they've really sort of redeveloped the training ground and there's a lot more nostalgia around the place and they're really sort of yeah, buying into that because they know that's what the fans want. Yeah, just on that I subject, have you, have you had any feedback from the club about getting that um, crest updated on the kitchen or what? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, funny, funny. Um, I'll, I'll put a call through. I'll put a call Good through. Good lads. Appreciate it. Good lads. That's okay. Um... Roop Q asks, uh, who are the fans with the black in the clock end? Do we have ultras now? Uh, that would be Ash- the Ashburton army. Um, yeah, I guess they just like to wear black. Um, I did, I did put a thing on Instagram earlier. I don't think it works down the front at all because with the acoustics probably, yeah. in the ground, because in the yeah. north bank, any even when I was on the side yesterday before I moved because of the disgusting heat. Um, mm-hmm. you couldn't hear them. I mean, you could see they were singing, but you couldn't hear them because it just mm-hmm. the volume just goes out. So we spoke yeah, about that's, this that's, after yeah. Leicester, didn't we? Like they're they're yeah. still there, they're still big, but they've been moved down to the front a little bit. It'd be great eventually to see them take up that whole sort of section. That that would definitely help. Uh, but look, yeah. credit to them. They definitely yeah, they, something extra to the no, Definitely. The I like what they're doing. Years. Um but the concourse in the clock end as well, it's always rocking. It's yeah, yeah. it's great to see. Um, next question, uh, Archie Kingdom 21. How bad was the referee yesterday? Um, I, 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 I didn't think he was particularly that bad. I thought he let the game sort of roll out pretty, pretty smoothly. Wasn't there wasn't a lot of stopping starting? Hmm. Would you agree? I, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'd love Archie to be able to, ex, you know, expand on the question being like, you know, we, we, we love to, we love a, a referee moan on here, of course, but. I don't, I, I mean, I mean, he was a bit slow to book a few of the Fulham players, you know, when they were putting their tactical fouls in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there yeah, wasn't anything that stood out for me yesterday no, from the referee performance no. that made me think you're having a shocker. Um, no. So, Archie, yeah. chill out on the rest, buddy. He was all right yeah. yesterday saving. There's going to be a moment <laughs> where you can go to town. Yeah, um, yeah. There we, yeah, yeah. Probably at Old Trafford next week. <laughs> yeah, don't um, Boss like underscore Timmy, who composed the songs for Saliba, Zinchenko, and Jesus? Uh, that was Calvin, um, wasn't it, mate? You you, you composed all three I, songs. Do you know what? I'd love to be able to take credit for that, but no, I don't know. And I've always wondered this, so I've been you like, where, how do these just generate? Because we've all seen people like create videos online and be like, oh, if you sang these lyrics to this song, wouldn't it be great? But it always takes, it surely takes like, either a group of lads or even just one lad at a game to shout and sing as loud as he possibly can and just to yeah, hope. That's literally, hope that's literally that someone, it. That something, you know, that people just go along with it. Imagine being that guy that he came up with that to leave the How long yeah. has he sat on it as well? That's another question because we've had him for a while. Well, Fulham was singing that song yesterday for like because someone said to me when the atmosphere was good, I could hear the Saliba song all, all the first half and I was like, that was the Fulham fans. So they had they have their own version to that. It was definitely them singing the Saliba song. Mm. Well, not uh, the tequila. Maybe I was wrong. I was sat right next to them, and I'm 99 sure they were singing that, mm. but with a different with a different name. Um, That's always the case, and it's funny you say that because it, I think it was in one of the social groups that we we're in. Somebody posted that United are robbing our Saka and Emil Smith Rowe songs. Yeah, I saw Bruno that. But everyone, everyone does that though. Nothing. So we, we did stole it. One of your your favourite Arteta chant was, yeah I've heard that before somewhere yeah and, and the LA 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 song um, mm-hmm. 
Mick Arteta ones off Chelsea. Mate, everything, every football team is robbed. Everything's recycled. Uh, yeah. Get over it, basically. Yeah. Uh, next question. Lewis Roper, 94. How did you like the social yesterday before the game? Um, yeah, it was great. It was Different experience for me. <laughs> yeah. What, were, you, were you just sat chilling with your dog? What did I do yesterday? I had one of those days. Watched a bit of the Formula One, actually. But yeah, nothing. I was watching the Liverpool game as well because we get a three o'clock game shown on a Saturday over here. Nice. But yeah, other than that, no. I mean, look, I can, I could definitely say it was good yesterday. I'm sure it was a carbon copy of Leicester at home, was it not? Pretty it was much. good. It was, it was, there was a lot of singing. You know, even I was uh, starting some of the songs. Um, I was on fire. It was good. It was good cracking it in the pub. It was, was, it was, it was good fun. Modest is ever, Steve. No, no. Did I, say? <laughs> I was on fire. Oh. You know, you, you can tell when I've had a drink because I'll start like a few songs. I'd never do that sober. No, absolutely um, not. You need a few drinks in you to get a bit larry, didn't you? It was good. It was good. It was a good laugh. Uh, a lot of people. So, you know, there's almost like too many people to talk to. You just, there's so many people around you, like you know, and you just don't mm. really like, you feel like you're sort of like, I don't know, you don't really know who to dis- I was distribute your time. Yeah, because yeah, no, I saw you, te- you text me and I was like, I ain't got time to text people as well. Yeah, it was going on, but it was good. It was good. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, lovely to see you, Lewis. I had a good time. Um, Sam underscore Gurr, <laughs> I've probably pictured that. Who on our bench slash academy do you think will have a breakthrough season, if any? I want to throw it over to you, mate, because I've, if I'm honest, I've, I, I don't have enough time to follow Arsenal. First team all the time, let alone mm. watch the, the 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 academy. Um, it's a tricky so one I'll, because I'll leave that on to you. Yeah, breakthrough season. I mean, that's that's a big statement. I don't think, and maybe it's just something we're going to have to shift a little bit. I think we've had spaces available over the last couple of years that would allow players to have breakthrough seasons uh, and cameos that make you know give them the time to look good. I don't think we're going to have that as much as we've had this season as we had over the last couple. I mean, if I had to try and pick one, it would be, I think it's probably the new signing, Marquinhos. He's one that I would mm. like to see. Does he uh, count though? For the, if we're talking academy. Well, he said bench. Did he not say bench and academy? Yeah, no, he did, he did say our bench slash academy. Bench. But I just want to make it, I want to make it, make it difficult for you. Okay, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Academy, do you know what? I'm actually not sure. There's the the right back, isn't there? Who played some pre-season. I'm not sure if he's gone on loan though, to be honest with you. And I think any mm. of our good players from the Academy, you know, are, are on loan uh, at the minute. Um so I think it I just think the the context and just the the lay of the land has changed a little bit at Arsenal over the last, you know, the last few months uh we've got a lot yeah. more quality than we have had so i don't think those opportunities will be there as much as they have been uh, because no. it's funny you know smith rose had that breakthrough season now he's on the bench um and you know again we spoke about it earlier but he didn't come on yesterday and look i'd say it's probably the game state which influenced that if we were three four and left he probably would have come on um but i think from purely someone i haven't seen who's young he has been playing in you know, the reserve team so far and he's scored a few goals and that is Marquinhos. I think I'm keen to see what he looks like. Um, yeah, and Vieira as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We haven't seen him yet as well. Um, so yeah, I'll be keen to see, see them both. But yeah, Marquinhos I think he's younger and less established, right? I think Fabio Vieira had a, you know, he's played top flight before. 
um, in yeah. Portugal. So that would be mine. Is there anything, anything else on your side? No, no. Uh, maybe Reese Nelson. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Next question. <laughs> Ainsley Maitland Niles. That is going to be an arsehole for life. Uh, Hambraguna asks uh, White or Tommy at right back? Zinchenko or Tierney at left back? Alneni or Party in midfield? Last um, one's not even a question. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I'll Alneni all day long. <laughs> but the other ones are interesting. I think I alluded to it earlier. I think I would, as it stands, prefer Zinchenko at left back. Yeah. Or in that whatever sort of left-sided space that he plays in. He's not, not exactly a left-back out now, is he? But the, the right-back one... Well, actually, no, do you agree with Zinchenko and, and Tierney? Yeah, I do on current form and what he brings to the team. Um, partly, obviously, in the midfield. Why or Tommy? thing is, like, I'd rather see Ben White a centre-half, but then competition, you know, with, with Gabriel and... Saliba is uh, massive but then we're going to be playing three games a week so mm. there's rotation there and I think you know ultimately you know Tommy Asu that's his natural position I'd rather have Tommy in there and save White to because I feel like the, what is quite a versatile player I feel like he, he could play right back he could play defence midfield mm-hmm. um, you know he, he can like we said earlier he, you know he can, he can um, dribble with the ball take it forward I think he's mm-hmm. uh, he's got a lot more in his lock than just a, a centre back no, absolutely. And it, another thing I'm just thinking, and obviously, look, isn't it great not having to rush people back from injuries into the starting yeah. eleven? You know, like Tierney and Tommy Arce both fall into that category. Uh, and it's great that we don't have to usher them straight back in and then risk getting them injured. Because uh, we did that last season with him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, but again, all on current form, I'm, I'm happy with how it is. Uh, but look, these things could evolve over time. Yeah, one final question before we go. 1886 Vintage. Why aren't Arsenal Football Club allowed to celebrate anything? <laughs> I'm gonna you're gonna you're gonna go off on a tangent again. Um, I feel Aww. like we've already answered that. Um no, good listen, I, I, Solid is it is I, I don't know if it's an Arsenal bias or it's just a every, I feel like every club feels vindicated. Vindicted, vindicated. You get what I'm saying. Like I just feel like we. I feel like every every football club always plays the victim card. Um, oh, yeah, maybe. Again, maybe like you know, I only you know I don't spend any time at all looking at the reaction to other victories or anything. But it it does just feel, yeah, that it does come our way a little bit more than others. Um, I think a lot of it stems from jealousy. And let, let, that's a, a very big point to make. But obviously, jealousy is love and hate at the same time, as we know. Um, and I think it stems back to that invincible era, you know. I think a lot of people got rubbed up about how good that was and how massive an achievement that was for a football club to do. And a lot of people would have looked at it and gone, I hate that Arsenal have done it, but I would love my team to do that. Um, maybe there's a little element like that that it just feeds into people's narrative and how they look at Arsenal. It has felt like that for a while. It's us against everybody, right? And the celebration police were out a lot for his last season. This already started this season. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about it. It could be more for other clubs as well, but it does generally feel like it's more aimed at us. Um, and I think there's an element of people that don't, again, a bit of jealousy, that aren't enjoying seeing Arsenal as a football club getting back. And I say, you know, getting back. We're not there yet getting back to the level we once were 
Um, and I'd say there's a, an element of jealousy surrounding that because let's be honest, if not, you know, not being a sport of Arsenal, but looking at what's going on at Arsenal right now, you look at the fans, you look at the, the, the atmosphere in the stadium, that must be, you know, you, you know, there's always an element of you look at that as jealousy, right? Because you always want your team to feel like that or your club to feel like that. And ours is in that that space right now. So that maybe that's it for me. But Yeah. Mate, we're we're massive. We're uh, the Arsenal are massive. Gargantuan. Right? Gargantuan. Gargantuan. And on on that note, shall we call it? I'd say we call it, yeah. So I guess, yeah, as always, we'd just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, and we hope you've enjoyed it. If you do enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. And also remember to share it with your friends on the socials. But look, please keep an eye on our social media feeds for the next podcast. It will probably be on Thursday after the Villa game. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Goodbye.